0: Extract from Moving Pictures, a Discworld novel by Terry Bratchett. Watch. This is space. It's sometimes called the final frontier. Except, of course, you can't have a final frontier because there'd be nothing for it to be a frontier too. But as frontiers go, it's pretty penultimate. Against the wash of the stars a low nebula hangs vast and black, one red giant gleaming like the madness of gods. Then the gleam is seen as a glint in a giant's eye, and is clipped by the blink of an eyelid, and the darkness moves a flipper, and the great a-turning star turtle swims onward through the void. On its back four giant elephants, on its shoulders wind with water, Glittering under its tiny orbiting sunlight, spinning majestically round the mountains, its frozen hub lies a this world, and mirror of worlds, nearly unreal. Reality is not digital, an off state, on off state, but analog, something gradual. In other words, reality is a quality that things possess, in the same way that they possess say weight. Some people are more real than others, for example. It has been estimated there are only about 500 real people on any given planet, which is why they keep unexpectedly running into one another all the time. This world is unreal as it is possible to be while still being just real enough to exist, and just real enough to be real trouble. About 30 miles to noise of Akuku. more. Bulk. The surf bloomed on the wind blown, sea grass waving, sand so dune covered spit of land where the circle sea met the rimmed ocean. The hill itself was visible for miles. It was very high. It wasn't very high, but lay amongst the dunes like an upturned boat or even or a very unlucky well. was covered in scrub trees. No rain fell. If it could possibly avoid it, Although the wind sculptured sculpted the dunes around it, the low summit of the hill remained an everlasting, regained calm. Nothing but the sand had changed here in the hundreds of years. Until now, a crude hut to driftwood had been built in the long curve of the beach. Although describing it as built was a slander on skilled, crude hut builders throughout the ages, the sea had simply been left to Pulled the wood up. It might have done a better job. And inside an old man had just died. Oh, he said. He opened his eyes and looked around the interior, the hut. He hadn't seen it very clearly for the past ten years. Oh, then he swung, if not his legs then at least the memory of his legs, off the pallet of the sea heather and stood up. Then he went outside to diamond bright morning. He anxious to see what he was still wearing, a ghostly image of his ceremonial robe, stained and frayed, but still recognisable, having originally been a dark red plush with gold frogging. Even though he was dead, neither your clothes died when you did, he thought, or maybe just mentally dressed yourself from force of habit. Hammett also led him to the pile of driftwood, beside the hut when well, he tried to gather a few sticks through though his hands passed through them he swore it was then he noticed a figure standing by the water's edge looking out to sea it was leaning on the scythe the wind whipped at the back in its back robes he started to hobble towards it remembered he was dead and again destroyed he hadn't struck hadn't stridden for decades but it now it all came back to you. Before, he was halfway to the dark figure. it spoke to him. Duncan Raybro, he said. That's me, last keeper to get at the door. Well, I suppose supposed so. Death hesitated. You are, or you aren't, he said. Dicken scratched his nose. Oh, of course, he thought. You have to be able to touch yourself, otherwise you fall to bits. Technically, a keeper has to be inve- invested by the high priestess, he said, and there hasn't been a high priestess for thousands of years. See, I just learned it all from that old tento who lived there before me. He just said to me one day, Dinkin, it looks as though I'm dying, so it's up to you now. Cause course, there's no one left that remembers properly. It all started happening again. And you know what that means. Fair enough, but... That's not what you call proper investim- investment. investigating. I say looked up the sandy hill. And that was just me and him, he said. And then just me remembering all he would and now raised his hand to his mouth. Older he said Yes, said that. Been wrong to say a look of panic pass across Denk- Denk- Denkans with Rogue's face because at that moment it's several yards away wearing a sort short fi- fixed grin as it'd been a joke at last seen the joke at last his spirit was definitely worried see the thing is said hastily it said hastily no one's ever comes here apart from the fisherman for the next bay that just leaves a fish and runs off account of a superstition i couldn't sort of go off find an apprentice or something because of keeping the fires alight and doing the chanting. Yes, it's a terrible responsibility being the only one able to do your job. Yes, said Death. Well, of course, I'm not telling you anything. No, I mean, I was hoping someone gets sick wrecked or something or some come treasure hunting. I could explain it. My old Tendo explained it to me. Teach them the chants. Get it all sorted out before I died. Yes, I suppose there's no chance I could have thought of. No, thought not," said Duncan, despondently. He looked at the waves crashing down on the shore. It used to be a big city down there thousands of years ago. He said, "I mean, where is it the sea? Is when it's still me, you can hear the old, te- old temple bells ringing. under the sea. I know. I used to sit down with the- here on windy nights, listening." You used to imagine all them dead people down there, ringing the bells. And now we must go. Old e said there was something under the hill there. You can make people do things. Put strange fancies in their heads, said Duncan, reluctantly following the stalking v- figure. I never had any strange fancies. But you are chanting, said Death. He snapped his fingers. horse ceased, trying to gra- gra- graze as fast Ross, and trotted up to Death. Duncan was surprised to see it left footprints well, in the sand. He had been spe- he sparks, or at least huge rock. Ah, he said, can you tell me it, uh, what happens now? Death told him. Thought so, said Duncan grimly. Up the hill, low hill, oh, with was the fire been burning all night. Clacks in a shower of ash. A few embers still glowed alone. Soon they'll go out. They go they went out. Nothing happened for a day the whole day. Then in a little hollow, on the edge of a broadening hill, a few grains of sand shifted and left a tiny hole. Something emerged, something invisible, something joyful and selfish and marvellous, something as tangible as an idea, which is exactly what it was, a wild idea. It was old in a way not legible by any calendar known to man, and that it had right now with memories and needs. Remember life in many other times, other universes. He needed people, of rose against the stars. Changed shape, quality like smoke. There had been lights on the horizon. He liked lights. It regarded them for a few seconds. Then, like a visible arrow, it extended itself towards the city and spread away. It liked action too, and several weeks went past. There's saying that all roads lead to Achanal greatest of this cities. At least, there's a saying, there, there's a saying, all roads lead to Ackahill, a- 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 Polk It's wrong. All roads road lead away from Ackahill, Mordpalk. But sometimes people just walk along them the wrong way. Poets long ago gave up trying to describe a city. Now the most cunning ones, try to excuse it. They say, well, maybe it's funny, maybe it's overcrowded, maybe it's a bit like hell would be if you shut the fires off and stabled a herd of incontinent cows there for a year. You might just admit it, that it is full of sneer, vibrant, diorantic life. Is this is true, you know, if the poets was saying it, it is the poets that are saying it. But people who don't aren't well, poets say, what? Matches tend to be full of life, do and no one writes odes to them. Citizens hate everything there, and if you have to move away on business or venture, or more like usually, until some statue of illuminations runs out, can't wait to get back, so they can enjoy hating living there. And there's some more. They put stickers on the backs of their carts saying, Aku-Mobok, know it or leave it. They call it the big wu wo- wa wo- oh, no, after the fruit. Ever so often, a ruler of the city bounds a wall around Aku-Mobok up to keep the enemies out. Aku-Mobok didn't fear enemies, in fact, he welcomed enemies. Provided they are enemies with money to spend, vast, wide flood, Fire, forwards, revolutions, dragons, sometimes by accident, admittedly, but he has avoid them. The cheerful and incredible venue spirit of the city had been proof against anything until now. Boom explosion removed the windows, the doors the mugs of the chimney. It's the sort of thing you suspect in the street of alchemists, and neighbours preferred explosions. We were at least identifiable and soon over they were better than smells which crept up on you explosions was part of the series, just such as was, was left this one was pretty good even might stand as of local connoisseurs there, there was a deep red heart to the burrowing black smoke which didn't often see the bits of semi molten brickwork were more molten than usual it was they, they it was, it was, they considered, quite impressive. Boom! A minute or two later, explosion, a figure lurched out of a ragged hole where the door had been. It had no hair, what clothes it still had were on fire. He staggered up to a small crowd that was admiring the devastation, and by chance laid a sooty hand on a hot meat pie and sausage and bun salesman called Cut Me Down Throat Dribbler, who was almost magical ability. Turn up whatever cell might be. Looking, he said in a dreamy, stunned voice, for a word, tip my tongue. Lister, volunteered, wrote. He received his commercial instances. After his experience like that, he added, offering, offering a pastry case full of so much reclaimed organic debris that it was nearly very serpentent. Sub- What you need is to get a hot pie inside of you." No, 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 not not Blister. What you say when you discover something? You you does running out the street shouting, said the submarine figure unurgently. Special word, added, his brow ceasing under the spot. The crowd reluctantly satisfied. There's going to be no more explosions. "'Go it around. This might be nearly as good.' "'Yeah, that's right,' said an elderly man, filling his pipe. "'You runs out shouting fire fire. He look triumphant.' "'Not so, not that. Oh, help! Uh. "'No, he's right,' said a woman with a basket of fish on her head. "'It's a special word, it's foreign.' "'Right, right,' said a neighbour. "'Special foreign word for people who discover something. "'It is invented by some foreign bugger in his bath.' Well said, the pipe man, lighting it it off the alchemist's smouldering hat. I just, I for one didn't see why people in this city need to go round shouting even Lego, because 'cause they've got had a bath. Eh? Why anyway, look at him? He hasn't had a bath. He needs a bath, but he hasn't had one. What he wants to go round shouting for all Lego for? we got perfectly satisfactory words for shouting. Like what? said Cut Me Down throat. The poet smoker hesitated. Well, he said, like, I discovered something, like, something. Oh, hooray! Now I'm thinking that the bugger over Tuscott Way or somewhere, he was in a bath and he had his idea or something. He ran it down the street yelling. Really what? Don't know. Perhaps. Give me a towel. Bet he was yelling all right. He tied that sort of thing round here. Said Froat cheerfully. Now, ladies and gentlemen, gents, I have here some sausage in a bun. What let's make your. Eureka! said the sausage kind of one, um, swaying back and forth. What about it? said Froat. No that was the words. Eureka! and the worried grin spread across the black features. It means I have it. Have what? said Froat. It, at least, I had it. Octocellulose. Cellul- Amazing stuff. Had it in my hand, but I held it too close to the fire, said the figure in the perplexed tones of a nearly concussed. Very important fact. Mustn't much take a note of it. Don't let it get hot. Very important. Must write down. Very important fact. He tottered back to the- into the mountain smoking ruins. Dribble- Dibbler watched him go. Wonder what that was about? He said. Then he shrugged and raised his voice to shout: "Meat pies, hot sausages in a bun." So fresh, the big eight oldies—they're gone. A glittering, swallow the air. For the hill had watched all this. The alchemist didn't even know it was there. We knew it has been unusually inventive today. Now it, it's spotted the spy merchant's mind. It knew the kind of mind. It loved mines like that, a mine that could sell nightmare pies, could sell dreams. It leaped on a hill far away, the breeze dared, the cold grey ash, further down the hill, a crack in a hollow, between two rocks where a roof, jumped bush struggled for life. A little trickle of sand began to move. Boom. A new film of plaster dust drifted down on the desk of Masquerum of Rikuli, a new Arch Chancellor of Unseen University, just as he's trying to deny a particularly difficult fly. He glanced out on the stained glass window. A smoke cloud was gathering, rising over uptown Marple Park. Bazaar! The bazaar arrived within a few seconds. Out of breath, that noises always upset him. It is the alchemist, master, he panted. That's the third time this week. Blasted firework merchants, muttered the arch-chancellor. I'm afraid so, master, said the bursar. What do you think they're doing? I don't really, can't say, master, said the bursar, looking, getting his breath back. Alchemy has never interested me. It's altogether too Dangerous, said the old Chancellor's family. Lots of mixing things up and saying they what happened if it did add a drop of yellow stuff, and then going round about your eyebrows for a fortnight. It's going to seem impartial,' said Bursa. Trying to do things the hard way when it's perfectly simple, everyday magic available. I thought you were trying to cure the Philosophers' stone or something, said the old Chancellor. Lot of damn nonsense if you ask me. Anyway, I'm off. As the Arch Chancellor began to straddle out of the room. Bursa hastily weighed a handful of papers at him. Before you go, Arch Chancellor, he said desperately. I wonder if you could just care to sign a few. Not now, man, snapped the Arch Chancellor. Got to see man about holes. What? What? Right the door closed. Bursa stared at the it at it and sighed. Unseen university had hub- many different kinds of arch-chancellor over the years, big ones, small ones, cunning ones, slightly insane ones, extremely insane ones. they come, they served, in some cases, not long enough for anyone to be able to complete the official painting, be hung in the great hall, and they died. They had died, a senior visited in the world of magic, and the same uh, prospects of li- long-term employment as a pug sick tester in a minefield. However, there was the bursar's point of view, this didn't really have to matter, and they might change occasionally, but that, what did matter was it always was an Arch Chancellor, and the Arch Chancellor's most important job. As the bursa saw it was to sign things, preferably from the Bursar's point of view, without reading them first. This one was different, one thing, one thing. The idea of in. Set to change his muddy clothes, he shouted at the people, usually at the bursa. And yet, at the time, it seemed a, lo- a really good idea to elect an archer, who hadn't set fell in the university for forty years. There'd been much, so much fighting between the various orders of wizardry in recent years that just for once, the senior wizards agreed that the university needed was a period of stability. They could get out on with their scheming and intriguing. Intriguing, in peace and quiet for a few months, a search of records turned up red, red, red cuddly, the brown. Ooh. Ooh. Came a brown, who became a civil-level mage, an incredible age, young age of twenty-seven, who the university in order to look up his family states, keep deep in the country. He looked ideal. Just a chap, they said. Clean, sweet, new broom, a country wizard, back to the thin ridges, and roots of riddery, Jolly old boy with a pipe and twinkling eyes. Sort of chap who come, tell one herb from another. Roams the forest, he every beast of his brother, kind of thing. Sleeps under the stars, like like a lot. Knows what the wind is saying. We, wouldn't, we should wonder. Got a, got a name for all the trees. You bank on it. Speaks to the birds, too. Must have been sent vertically around his side. cursed to it, found his staff in the kitchen garden. They've been supporting Oak Scarecrow, and had, had and had and had set out. If we, if there any problem, wizards had added, in the privacy of their own heads, anyone who talks to trees should be no trouble to get rid, rid of. And when he arrived, and turned out that Rudgley Brown did speak to the birds. In fact, he shouted at the birds. When he, and what he normally shouted was, "Wing you." You bastard. The burrs birds east of the field and fowls of the air did not know, did know, Ruckley the Brown. They got so good at pattern recognition that for a radius of about twenty miles around the Ruckley's estates had run, hide and desperate cases attacked violently the meanest sight of a pointy hat. Within twelve hours arriving Ruckley, and instilled a pack of hunting dragons in the butler's pantry, fired his dreadful crow's bow at the ravens on the ancient tower of art, a dozen a drunk, drunk a dozen bottles of red wine, rolled off the bed at two in the morning, singing a song with words in that, that if, in that, some of the older, more forgetful ones had to look up. And, he, and then he got up at five o'clock in the morning to go duck hunting, down in the marshes on his tree, and came back complaining there wasn't a good trout fishing river for moles, Good fish in the river, I'll oh, oh cool. call. You had to jump up and down, and the hooks even to make them stink. He ordered beer with his breakfast, and told jokes. On the other hand, thought the bursar, uh, at least he didn't interfere with the actual running of the university, would clear the brown. Hadn't the least interest in running anything except maybe a string of hounds. If you didn't, if you can't shoot at rails, at it, hunt it, or or hook it, he didn't see much point to it. Paying at the breakfast the bursas shuddered. Wizards weren't their best before noon, and breakfast at Great Hall was a quite fragile occasion, broken only by coughs, and quite shuffling servants, an occasional groan, people shouting for kidneys. A black pudding and beer were a new phenomenon. The only person not terrified of the gossy man was the old Widow Poons, who were 130 years old and deaf, and one expert on ancient metrical writings, needed adequate notice and a good run-up to deal with the present day. He managed to absorb the fact that the new Arch-Chancellor was going to be one of those hedgerow and dicky-bird chappies. It would make a week take a week or two for him to gasp the change of events. In the meantime, he made polite and civilized conversation based on what little he could remember about nature and things. On the lines of, "I expect it must be um, a change for you, you um, sleeping in the real bed instead of under the um, stars." There yeah, are things um, here they call and folks. Um, and this mm, green stuff on the scrambled egg—would mm. it be par—could it? Would it be parsley? Do you think? The since the bishop never paid much attention to anything Everyone said while he was eating, the Poons never noticed. He wasn't getting any answers. They were not—they al- got along quite well. Anyway, the bursa had other problems. The Archbishop, for one thing, you can't trust the alchemists, you can't, you can't trust alchemists, they were too seriously minded, boom, that was the last one, whole days went on by without being punctuated by small explosions, the city settled down, which is a foolish thing to do, when the worst failed to consider was that no bangs didn't mean they stopped doing it, whatever it was, it just means they're doing it right. It was midnight, the surf boomed on the beach, and made a fluorescent glow in the night. Around the ancient hill, through the sound, seemed as dead as if it was arriving for several years of violet. The hole in the sand was quite big now. If you can put your ear to it, you might think you could hear applause. It was still midnight, a full moon glided above the smoke, and fumes of alcohol. Milk, pork, milk, pork. Thankful that several thousand miles of sky lay between it and them, the alchemist's Guildhall was new, it was always new, been explosively demolished and rebuilt four times the last two years, or on that last occasion without a lecture demonstration room, in the hope that this might be a very hopeful move. On this night a number of muffled figures entered the building in supertentous fashion. After a few minutes at the lights in the window and the top floor dimmed and went out. Well, nearly out. Something was happening up there. A faint flickering filled the window very briefly, it was followed by a ragged cheering. There was a noise, not a bang this time, but a strange mechanical purring, like the happy cat at the bottom of a tin drum. It went click, clack, click, 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 click. It went on for several moments, minutes the background cheers and a voice said that's all folks that's all what said the paddockan of our crew Milpork. next morning the man in front of him shivered with fear you don't know lordship he said you wouldn't let me in. they wouldn't let me in they will not let me wait outside the door lordship he twisted his fingers together nervously a partwreck stare had him pinned it is a good stare one of the things it was good was making people got one talking. They thought they'd finished. Only Parthicon knew how many spies he had in the city. The particular one was a servant, the Alchemist's guild. He'd once had a more fortune to come up before the Pratikin, accused of malicious lingering, and then chosen of his free will, to become a spy. That's all your lordship, you mind. It just this clickering noise, this sort of fidgety thing, glow under the door. Oh, they said that the daylight here was wrong. Wrong? How? Uh, don't know, sir. Just wrong. They said they ought to go somewhere where it was better. They uh, they told me go and get us them some food. The partition yawned. There's something definitely boring about antics of alcohol. Alchemists indeed, he said. But they had their supper only fifteen minutes before the servant blurted out. Perhaps whatever they are doing makes people hungry, said the Partican. Yes and the kitchen was all shut up for the night. I had to go and buy a tray of hot sausages and buns from Throat Dribbler. Yeah, indeed, the Partican looked down at the paperwork on his desk. Thank you. You may go. You know what, your lordship? They likened him. They liked them. They actually liked them. That the alchemists had a guild at all was remarkable. Wizards were just as uncooperative. They were by nature heretical and competitive. They needed organization. But there was good of being a wizard at the seventh level. If you don't have six other levels to look down, on an eighth level to aspire to. You need other wizards to hate and despise. Whereas every alchemist has an Ar- has was an alchemist alone, working in darkened rooms or hidden cellars, endlessly searching for a big casino. The philosopher's ph- ph- philosopher's stone, the elixir of life. It tended to be thin, pink eyed men, with beards it didn't really weren't really beards, but more like groups of individual hairs, clustering together up for mutual protection. Many of them had that vague and worldly expression that you get when from spending too much time in the presence of boiling mercury. And wasn't that the alchemists hated other it wasn't that other that alchemists hated other alchemists? They didn't notice them or thought they were they were Rorises. As their tiny despised guild and ever spied to the powerful status, the guild to say the thieves or the regular beggars or assassins, but devoted itself to the aid of widows and wid- families, or those alchemists who had taken an overly relaxed attitude for potassium cyanide, for example, had distilled some interesting fungi, drank the result, and stepped off the roof to play with the fairies. Hence, there wasn't actually very many windows and orphans. Many w- w- widows and orphans, of course, because alchemists found it difficult to relate to other people long enough and generally, if we manage to buy it and marry it's only to have something someone to hold their crucibles. By the large the only skill the alchemists of Achoa Mara more folk had discovered so far with ability to turn gold into less gold. Until now, they were f- they were full of nervous excitement for those who had found an unexpected fortune in the bank account. They didn't know whether to draw people's attention to it, or simply take the lot and run. The wizards aren't going to like it, said one of them, a thin hesitant man, said Lully. They're going to call it magic. You know they'll get they, they, they'll get you no know they'll get really pissed if they think we're doing magic, and you're not a wizard. There isn't nowhere any magic involved, said Trevor Silverfish. Thomas Silverfish, president of the guild. There's the imps That's not magic. That's only that's just all these." A cult. Well, there's a set of martyrs. Perfectly normal. National history. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, well, right. But they'll call it magic. You know they what they're like. The alchemist lo- nodded grimly. they were reactionaries, said Senna Volk, the school secretary. Bloated firmocrats. The other guilds, too? What do they know about the march of progress? What do they care? They've could have done something like this for years. But did they? Not them. Just think how we how we can make people's lives so much what better. The possibilities are immense. Educational said Silverfish. Historical, said Lully. Of course there's entertainment, said Povey. PVB, the treasurer. He a small nervous man. Most alchemists were nervous. In any case it came not knowing but like the crucible budding Bubbling stuff they were experimenting on was going to do next. Well, yes, obviously, some entertainment, said Silverfish. Some of the great historical dramas, said P V. About just picture the scene, just get some actors to disc- together. Act it just once, and people all over the disk will be able to see for as many times as they like. A great saving in the wages, by the way, he added. Not but tasty done, said Silverfish. We have a great responsibility to see that nothing done this in any way. The voice trolled off. You know, of course. You stop us, said Lully, darkly. I know these wizards. They stop us, said Lully, darkly. I know these wizards. I've been giving that some thought, said Silverfish. A light's too bad to hear anyway. He added. "You agreed. We need clear skies, we need to be a long way, wait, I think I know just the place. (laughs) I can't believe that you were doing this, said PB. A month ago it was just a mad idea, now it's all what? Now it's all what? It's just like magic, only not magical, if you see what I mean. He added quite added quickly. It, you it's just an illusion no not no just illusional. But real illusion, said Lully. I don't know if anyone thought about this, to pee but this could make us a little bit of money, hmm? That isn't important, said Silverfish. No, of course not, muttered Peepy. He glanced at the others. Shall we watch it again? he said shyly. I don't mind turning the handle, and well I know. Just could I haven't contributed very much to this project but I did come up with this uh, this stuff pulled a very large bag from the pocket was rolled and dropped it on the table and it fell over, a few ruffled mis- white misshapen balls rolled out the Lewis stared at it what is it, said Lully well, said Bibi, uncomfortably, what you do is you take some corn and you put it in, say, a number three cubicle with some cooking oil you see, and then you put a plate or something on top of it, and then heat it up, it goes bang. I mean not seriously bang. Then it starts te- start banging. You take the plate off, it is morphifies into these the things. looked at the little um, commanding faces. You can eat it, he mumbled apologetically. If you put got if you put butter and salt it, it tastes like salty butter. Shellfish reached out a out a chemical stained hand, acoustically selected and fluffy and mouthful. He chewed it fert "'I don't really know why I did it,' said Peavy, "'but I just sort of had an idea. "'It was right.' "'Silverfish went on chewing. "'Tastes like cardboard,' he said after a while. "'Sorry,' said Peavy. to scoop the rest out of the heat, bag and sack. "'Silverfish laid a gentle hand on his arm. "'Mind you,' he said, sele- selecting another puff morsel, "'it does have a certain something, doesn't it? "'They, see- they do seem right. "'What did you say it's called?' that haven't really got a name, said Phoebe. I just called it Banged Grains. Silphish took another one. Funny how you went on, you want to go on eating them, he said. Some sort of more moorish. Grains, right. Anyway, gentlemen, let us turn the handle one more time. Lully went to wind behind a film back and onto the unmetrical lantern. You were saying you knew a place where you'd really build up the project, where the wizards wouldn't bother us, he said. Silverish grabbed a handful of grain, grains. It's along the coasty way, he said. Nice and sunny, and no one ever goes there for days. Nothing there but wind, some wind-blown old forest and a temple and sun dunes. Sand dunes. A temple? Gods can really can really get pissed off if you pee, he, he said. Look, said Sir the whole area has been des- deserted for centuries. There's nothing there. No people, no gods, no nothing. Just lots of sunlight, land, waiting for us. If you ch- It's your chance, lads. We're not allowed to make magic. We can't make gold, so we can- can't make a living. So let's make mo- movies. Let's make history. The alchemist sat back and looked more cheerful. Yeah, said Lovely. You're right, said Peavy. Here is to the moving pictures," said Little Vogue, holding out a handful of banged grains. How, how did you hear about this place? Oh, I, Silverfish stopped, looked puzzled. Don't know, he said eventually. Can't quite remember. Must have heard about it once. Forgot it. Just just popped up in my head. You know, how do things think that Yes, Yeah, said Lucky. Look like, looked like with me in the film. It's like I was remembering how to do it. Funny old tricks that the mind can play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some idea has come, has come, has come, see? Yeah, yeah. There must be a slightly worried silence settled over the table. It was a bite sound of minds trying not to put their mental fingers on something that was bothering them. The air seemed to glitter. What's this place called? said Lully. Eventually, I don't know what it was called in the old days," said Silverfish, leaning back and pulling the bang grains towards him. These days they call it the Hollywood. "'Hollywood?' said Lully. "'Sounds familiar.' There was another silence while they thought about it, broken by synagogue. "'Ah, oh, well,' he said cheerfully. "'Hollywood. Here we come.' "'Yes,' yeah, said Silverfish, shaking his head, as if the Lord this just thought. "'Funny thing, really. I've got this feeling.' That we've been going, we've been coming there all this time, several thousand miles under fish. great and turtle, the world turtle, sullied dreamily on through a starry night. Reality's a curve. That's not the problem. The problem is, isn't much. It there should be, according to some of the other mystical tests, in stacks in the library the of the unseen university. This world's premier college of Pri- wizardry, big diners, this collection of books is so massive it distorts time, space and time. At least nine tenths of all the original reality ever created lies outside the modern universe. And since the modern universe, by definition, includes absolutely everything that is, everything, anything, this puts a straight a bit of a strain on things. Outside the boundaries of universes lie of all realities that could have been, there might be, there never was. The bright ideas all being created, uncreated, coyotically, by like elements in fermenting the supernovas. Just occasionally, where the walls of the world are worn a bit thin, they can leak in, and reality leaks out. Effect is like well, one of those deep sea ghost glaciers, hot water, around with some strange submarine creature found enough warmth and food to make a brief tiny oasis of existence in an environment where there should be any existence at all. The idea of Hollywood leaked instantly and joyfully into this world. Reality leaked out and was found. For there were things outside whose ability to sniff out tiny, fragile, conglomerate reality made the thing with a sharks, and trace of blood seemed very boring indeed. They began to gather. A storm slid in across the sand dunes, but where it reached the stove hill, the clouds seemed to curve away. Only a few drops of rain hit the parched soil. A gale began nothing more than a faint breeze. It blew over the long dead remains of a fire. Further down the slope, near a hole, it was now big enough for say a bigger, badder, Badger. A small rock dislodged itself and rolled away. month went by quickly. It didn't want to hang around. Bursa knocked respectfully at the Arch Chancellor's door, and then opened it. A crossbow bolt nailed his hat to the woodwork. The Arch Chancellor lowered the bow and glared at him. Bloody dangerous thing to do, wasn't it? he said. You could have caused the near start the accident. Bursa hadn't got where he was today rather where he'd been ten seconds ago, which was where a calm and self assured person he was, rather than where he was now, which was on the verge of a mild heart attack, without his tremendous ability to recover, from unexpected upset. Young pinned his back from the target, chopped up on to the ancient woodwork. No harm done, he said. No voice would be as calm as that without tremendous effort. You can barely see the hole. Well, why? You shooting at the door, master? Use your common sense, man. It's the dark outside. The damn walls are made of stone. You didn't expect me to shoot at the damn walls. Ah, said the bursar. The door is five hundred years old, you know. He added with his fine-tuned approach. Looks it, said the arch-chancellor, bluntly. Damn great black thing. What we need around here, man, is a lot less stone than wood. A bit more joylessness. A few more sporting points, you know, and all of the two. I can shall see to it directly, Lydaburst said smoothly. You remember the sheaf of papers under his arm. Is a mean one time, Master. Actually you care to might said the old chancellor, ramming pointed hat on his head. Good man. Now get a sick dragon to see to Got a sick dragon to see to. No devil wants to touch his tail for days. What's well, is it interesting Sean. one or two of the bursa bubbled hurriedly? Can't be having with all the, that stuff, the so arch sort of waving him away. Too much down paper from work around here it, as it is. And, as he started, f- stared through the purser as if he had just remembered something. Saw a funny thing this morning, he said. Saw a monkey in his quad. Bold as, bo- as brass. Oh yes, said the bursa cheerfully. It must be that must be the librarian. Got a pet, was he? No, you understood me, Arch Chancellor said the Bursa cheerfully, so That was the librarian. The Arch stared at him. Bursa's smile began to gaze. The librarian there's a monkey? It took some time for the Bursa to explain most clearly. And then the Arch said Why are you telling me that then? Is that this chap got himself turned into monkey by magic? An, an, an accident in the library, sir. yes, magical explosion. One well, minute human, next minute I'm wearing a tang. You mustn't call him a monkey, Master. He's an ape. Same damn difference, surely? Apparently not. He gets very uh, agitated, aggressive. you call him a monkey. He didn't stick his bottom out at people, does he? The closed his eyes and shuddered. No, Master, you're thinking of baboons. Ah, oh, the Arch-Chancellor considered this. Haven't got any mo- of them working here then? No, Master, just a librarian, Master. Can't have it, can't have it, you know. Can't have the damn great hairy things scrambling around the place, said the Arch-Chancellor firmly. Get rid of them. Good grief, no. He's the best librarian we've ever had. Tremendous money, value for money. Why? What do you pay him? Peanuts, said the burglar promptly. Besides, he's the only one who knows how the library actually works. Turn him back, then. No life a man, being a monkey. Hey, the arch-chancellor, then went to, he seemed to prefer it. I am, I'm afraid. How do you know, said the arch-chancellor. Suspiciously speaks, does he? The burglar hesitated. There's always his trouble with the librarian. Everyone was so accustomed to him. It's hard to remember the time when the library is not run by a yellow faint ape with strength of three men. If normally it normally goes long enough it to become it becomes normal. If abnormal goes on long enough it becomes normal. It was just that what you came to explain to the third party. It sounded odd. He coughed nervously. He says Oik Arch Chancellor, he said, What's that mean? "'Means no, Arch-Chancellor.' "'And how does he say, well, how does he say yes, then?' "'The Arch-Chancellor have been dreading this. "'Oak!' Arch-Chancellor, he said. "'That was the same oak as the other oak.' "'No, no, no, I can assure you a different reflection. "'I mean, when you get used to it,' the shrugged. "'I suppose you must go, get on the way of understanding him, Arch-Chancellor.' Well, at least he, he keeps himself fit," said the arch chancellor nastily. "Not like the rest of you fellows. I went into the uncommon room this morning. It is full of chaps snoring. It will be the senior master's master," said the buyer, sir. "I would would say that they were so supremely fit myself. Fit? Dean looks like a man who swallowed, swallowed a bed." "'Ah, but Master,' said the Bursar, smiling indignantly, "'the word fit, as I say, means appropriate, for purpose. "'I oh, always say the body, the Dean, is perfectly appropriate, the purpose, of sitting round all day, and eating big, heavy meals. "'Bursar permitted himself a small smile.' "'A little smile.' "'The Arch-Chancellor gave him a look of old-fashioned, "'a look, so old-fashioned, it might be, belonged to an Amorite.' That's a joke, he said, in suspicious tones of someone who wasn't really to understand the term sense so of humour, even if they sat down for an hour, speaking to him with diagrams. I was just making an observation, Master, said the burster cautiously. The arch-chancellor sort of shook his head. Can't understand jokes. Can't stand chaps going round trying to be funny the whole time. Comes to spending too much time sitting indoors. A few twenty-mile runs. A deans of different man, well, yes," said Abursa. "He's dead. Be dead. He'll be healthy, yes, but still dead." The other church so irritably shuffled the papers at his desk. "Slackness," he muttered. "Too far, too much of it going on. Whole place gone to pot. People going round sleeping all day, turning into monkeys the whole time. We never even thought of turning into a monkey. Well, I was a student." He looked up irritably. "What?" The hell? What is it you wanted, is that? What, said the person, nerd. Uh, you wanted me to do something, didn't you? You came in to ask me to do something, probably because I'm the only fellow here not fast asleep or sitting in a tree whooping, whooping every morning, the Arch-Chancellor added. Ah, I think, I think that's the Gibbons, Arch-Chancellor. What? What do you try and make? More sense, man. Bursler pulled himself together. Didn't see why he had to be treated like this. In fact, I wanted to see the, you about one well, the students, Master, he said coolly. Students, pardon the Arch-Chancellor? Yes, Master, you know, they're the thinner ones with pale faces. Because we're a university, they come with the whole thing. Like rats. I thought we paid pay people to deal with them. The teaching staff, yes. But sometimes, well, I wonder, Arch-Chancellor, if you would care to look at the examination results. Yet it was midnight. Not the same midnight as before, but a very similar midnight. Old Tom the tongueless bell, University Bell Tower, address rolled its twelve sonorous silences. Rain clowns squeezed their last few drops over the city. Acro-Morpork sprawled under a few damp stars, as real as the brick. Ponder Stupidums, student warrior, wizard. Put down his book and rubbed his face. All right, he said, ask me something. Anything. Go on, anything at all. Victor student student wizard, picked up his battered copy of and discussed the students with practical sparrows and turned the pages at random. He was lying on Pontus' bed. At, li- at least his shoulder blades were. The body extended up to the wall in a perfectly normal position, the student taking, taking his ease. OK, he said. Right, OK. What, right, what is the name of the un dimension monster? Well, the distinct to cry is, Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? yob so did I, so promptly. Yeah, how does the monster Tazalot, as Asked name, Eternal Star Toad, The million young torture his victim to death. It, don't tell me, holds them down and shows them pictures of children till the brains implode. Yep, always wondered how that happens myself, said Victor, flicking through the pages. I suppose after you said yes, you got your eyes for the thousandth time. You're not ready to commit suicide in any case. You know, an awful lot, Victor, said Ponder mildly. I am amazed you're still a student. Oh yes, said Victor. Just unlucky as I I guess. Go on, said Ponder. Ask for me one more. Victor opened the door book again. There was a moment's silence. Then he said, Where's Hollywood? Ponder shut his eyes and pounded his forehead. Hang on, hang on, don't tell me he opened his eyes. What do you mean? Where's Hollywood? he added sharply. I don't know anything about any Hollywood. "'Victor stared down the page. "'There's nothing about any Hollywood there. "'I sh- could have sworn, I heard. "'I think my mind would be, might be wondering.' "'You f- finished, lamely. "'It must be all this revision. "'Yes, it really gets to you, doesn't it? "'But it's worth it, isn't it? to be a wizard?' "'Yes,' said Victor. "'Can't wait. "'Ponder shut the book. "'Brain stopped. "'Let's go over the wall,' he said. "'We deserve a drink. "'Victor waggled a finger.' Just one drink then. Got to keep sober, he said. It's finals tomorrow. Got to keep clear ahead. Huh, said Ponder. Well, of course, it's very important to be sober when you take an exam many worthless careers, well, careers in street cleansing, fruit picking and subway guitar playing. Entries were founded on a lack of understanding of this simple fact. But Victor had a special reason for keeping alert. He might make a mistake. And pass, his dead uncle, had left him a small fortune not to be a wizard. He hadn't realized it when he when he up the wool. But that that's what the old man had done. He thought he was helping his nephew through the college, but Victor Tunnel Tuttleben was a very bright young lad, in a Slesque sort of of way, and a weasely forestly. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being wizard? Well, you've got a certain amount of prestige, but you are very often in dangerous situations, certainly always at risk of being killed. My fellow mage, he saw no future of being a well-respected corpse. On the other hand, what are the advantages or disadvantages of being a student wizard? You've got quite a lot of free time, a certain amount of licence in matters like drinking, a lot of ale, singing, bollocks songs, no one tried to kill you, except in the ordinary, everyday, I walk, way of things, and thing, thanks to legacy, you always got a modest but comfortable style of living. Of course, you didn't get much in the way of prestige, at least you were alive to know this. So Victor devoted a considerable amount of energy in studying firstly the terms of the will, and by his own examination regulations of unseen university, and every examination, examination papers of late, Last 50 years. Past mark of the finals was 88. Failing would be easy, and any idiot can fail. Victor's uncle had been no fool. One of the conditions of the legacy was that should Victor ever achieve a mark of less than 780, a money supply would dry up like fin spit on a hot stove. He won in a, few, in a way. A few students had studied as hard as Victor. It was said that his knowledge of magic rivalled that of some of the top wizards. He spent I hours in the comfort of the library, reading gomans, he researched every answer formats and exam techniques. He listened to lectures until he could quote them by heart. He was greatly considered by his staff to be the brightest and then certainly the biggest, busiest student for decades and in every vials he carefully and completely got a mark of eighty-eight full. It was uncanny. I was trying to reached the last paper. Eventually he said, Oh, I see. Feel sorry for the lad, do you? Don't think that's quite what I mean, said the bursar. Fully obvious to me, said the arch-chancellor. Lad keeps coming within an ace of passing. He pulled out one of the papers. Anyway, he says here he passed three years ago, got 91. Yes, arch-chancellor. But he peeled. Peeled against passing? He said he couldn't. He didn't think he owner And that's he's got the archetypes of on." Well, in question six. He said he couldn't live with his conscience. He said he'd haunted for the rest of his days. he seated unfairly over, uh, over better, more worthy students. You notice he got 82, 83 in the next two exams. Why is that? You think you're playing safe, master. The arch drummed his fingers on the desk. Can't have this, he said. Can't have someone going around being a wizard, almost a wizard. And laughing at, uh, up at, up at his, his... What's the people, what is it, people of up? My feelings exactly, per Bursler. We should send him up, said the Archbishop Chancellor firmly. Down, Master, said Bursler. "Send him up would mean making spite, spiteful and satirical comments about him. Yes, keep thinking. Let's do that, said the Archchancellor. No, Master, said the Archbishop patiently. They're sending us up. So we send him down. Right, but things up, said the Arch Chancellor. Versa rolled his eyes. Oh down. The Arch Chancellor added. Do you want me to give him his arching orders? Just send him along the morning and no Arch Chancellor. We can't do just do, can't we can't do just that. We can't? I thought we were in charge here. Yes, but you will have to be extremely careful when dealing with Master Tokaro. He's an expert at the We've got one. Uh, so what I thought we'd do is give him his paper in the finals tomorrow. The so archer took the free offered document. His lips moved silently as he read it. Just the question, yes. If pass or fail, I'd like to see him manage four percent on that. In a sense, with his choos- tutors, wouldn't quite define much of their annoyance. Victor, Turn- gentlemen of their laziest person in the history of the world. Not simply ordinary lazy. Ordinary laziness was merely the absence of effort. Bitch had, had passed uh, through there a long time ago. Had gone straight through commonplace idlers and out to the other side. On the far side. You must... You put more effort into avoiding work than most people put into hard labour. You never wanted to be risen. You never wanted much except perhaps to be left alone. Not woken up until midday, when he had been small, people had said things like, "What do you, what would you like to be, be little man?" He said, "I don't know." What have you got? He didn't get away. they didn't let you get away with that sort of thing, for for very long. It wasn't enough to be, what you were. You had to be working, to be something else. He tried for quite a long while. He tried wanting to be blacksmith, because the looked interesting, and romantic. He also wrote hard work and trackable bits of metal. He tried wanting to be an assassin, which looked dashing and romantic. We also vowed hard work when you got right down to it, occasionally having to kill someone. Then he tried wanting to be an actor, which looked dramatic and romantic, but it had involved dusty tights, cramped lodgings and his amazement. To his amazement, hard work. He allowed himself to be sent to the university. It was easier than not going. He tended to smile a lot, in a faintly puzzled way. This gave people the impression he was slightly more intelligent than they were. In fact, he was usually trying to work out what they just said. He had a thin moustache just in a certain light, made him look debonair, never made him look as though he'd been drinking a thick chocolate milkshake. He is quite proud of it. When you become a wizard, you're expected to stop shaving, grow a beard, like a goosebush. Very senior busters looked so credible, capable and then straining with fresh nourishment, or out of the air via their moustaches like whales. Is now half past one. He's ambling back from the mountain Bended from, most disfined, determinedly disreputable of the city's inns. Victor of always gave the impression of ambling even when he's running. He was also quite sober and a bit surprised all to find himself in the plaza of broken moons. in he was heading for the little alley behind the university, a piece of wall were completely spaced with bricks where, for hundreds and hundreds of years, student visitors had quietly got round, or even precisely climbed over, unseen university's curfew with strict restrictions. The plaza wasn't on the route. He turned to emblem back the way he came and stopped. There was something unusual going on. Usually there'd be a storyteller there, or some musicians or an emperor looking for a perceptive bias to, that, to of such surplus surplus acamobs landmarks as a tower of art or the brass bridge. Now there were just some people putting up a big screen like a bedsheet. Stretched between poles. He sorted over to him. What are you doing? He said Emily. There's going to be a performance. Oh, acting, said Victor, without much interest. He mooched mo- mo- back w- through the bar, damp darkness, but he stopped when he heard a voice coming from the gloom between two buildings. The voice said, Help! Quite quietly. Another voice said, Just hand it over, right? Victor wandered close and squinted into the shadows. Hello, he said. Is everything all right? There's a pearls? Then low voice said, You don't know what's good for you, kid. Got a knife, Victor thought. He's got a knife, Victor thought. Come in. That means a knife. That means I'm going either to get stabbed or I'm going to capture run away, Which is a real waste of energy. People don't know, don't apply themselves to facts in hand. Might have thought that Victor Tunnelbridge had, had been very fat and unhealthy, in fact he was undoubtedly most up employed student in university, having to hold around the extra pounds as far as much effort, and so you saw it. He never put on or kept himself in trim because of doing things, decent muscles, thoughtless effort, having to achieve bags of fab. He brought one hand round in a backhand swipe. He didn't connect. He lifted the bug off his feet. He then looked at the perceptive victim. You still carrying against the wood wall. I hope you're not hurt, he said. Don't move, I'm not going to, said Victor. The figure advanced from the shadows, it had a package on one arm, and his hands were held in front of its face a gesture. Such four each forefinger thumb extended at right angles and fitted together, so the man's little weasel eyes appeared to be looking out for a frame. He probably "'Would off he offer you why?' Victor thought. "'He looked like a wizard, with all the symbols in his dress.' "'Amazing,' said the man, squinting through his fingers. you just turn your head slightly. "'You, will you? Great pity about those, "'but I expect we could do something about that.' Step forward and try to put his arm around Victor's shoulders. "'It's lucky for you that we met may- me.' "'It is,' said Victor, been thinking it was the other way round. "'You're just the type I'm looking for,' said the man. Sorry, said Victor. I thought you were you were being robbed. We were was after this, said Wren, patting the package under his arm. I rang like a gong. Wouldn't have done any good, though. Not worth anything, said Victor. fightless That's all right then, said Victor. Man gave up setting he gave up trying to reach across both Victor's shoulders which were quite broad and settled at just one of them. But a lot of people will be disappointed, he said. Now look, you stand well, good profit profile. Listen, lad, how would you like to be in a moving picture? Huh? said Victor. No, I don't think so. Man great to him. Did you hear what I said? Don't, didn't you? He said, moving pictures. Yes, who wants to be in a moving picture? No, thanks, said Victor, politely. I'm not sure it's a worthwhile job. But moving pictures doesn't sound very interesting to me. I'm talking about moving pictures. Yes, said Victor mildly. I heard you. The man shook his head. Well, he said, you made my day. First time in weeks. I met someone who isn't desperate to get into moving pictures. I thought as soon as I saw you, you'd be expecting a job in moving pictures. It's right to work. Thanks for the same, said Victor. But I don't mind, think I'll take it to it. Well, I owe you something, the little man fumbled. A pocket and produced a card. The pictures took it, read. Thomas Silverfish, interesting, instructive, cinematography, one and two wheelers, nearly non-explosive stock, usually, I won Hollywood. That's if you ever change your minds, he said. Everything in Hollywood knows me. Anyone in Hollywood knows me. Victor stared at the cloud. Thank you, he said vaguely. Ah, uh, are you a wizard? Silverfish glared at him. "'What well, made you think that?' he snapped. "'You're wearing a dress with magical symbols. "'Magical symbols. "'Look closely, boy. "'They're certainly not the crudious symbols of ridiculous. "'Now a belief system. "'They are badges of an enlightened craft, "'who clear new dawn is just uh, dawning. "'Magical symbols, he finished, in tones of withering scorn. "'It's a robe, not a dress,' he added. "'Victor peered a clutch of stars, a crescent moon. things the badges of an enlightenment?' Craft were new dawn were just drawing looked just like the credit symbols of ridiculous Albertian police system. To him, this is probably not the time to say no. Sorry, he said again. Couldn't see them clearly. I'm an alchemist," said Selfish. Only slightly mo- mollified. Oh, lead into gold and that sort of thing," said Victor. Not lead, lead light Le- doesn't work with lead. Light into gold really said victor politely and silverfish stared started to set up a tripod in the middle of the plaza the small crowd was collecting a small crowd collected very easily in Polk, well pork it is a city it had some of the most accomplished spectators in the universe he watched everything especially if any possibility anyone getting hurt and losing way. why don't you stay for the show said silverfish and hurried off an alchemist well anyone knows Alchemists were a little bit ma- ma- mad, thought Victor. It is perfectly normal. Who'd want to spend their time m- m- moving pictures? Most of them looked like right where they were. Sausages in bun. Get your them hot, followed a voice by the ear. Uh, he turned. Oh, hello, Mr. Dippler. He said. Any lad? Want to see a nice hot sausage down here? Want to get a nice hot sausage down here? bit of either glycerin tubes and a tray round dribbler's neck. They smelled a appetizing. It was dead. Then when you bit into they learned once again a cut me down fruit dribbler could find a l- use of bits of an animal. That animal was don't didn't know it had got Dribbler had wiped out with enough fried eggs and mustard. People would eat anything. Special rate for students," Dibbler whispered conspiratorily. Com- sh- bre- Fifteen pence. That's cutting my own throat." He flapped the frying, flipped, flapped at the frying pan, eagerly, raising the cloud of steam. A pungent scent of fried onions did its wicked work. Just one, then," Victor said wryly. "Dibbler, pe- flicked the sausage out of the pan." They snatched it into a bun, with an exercise of a frog snapping a mayfly, mayfly. "'You don't... you won't live to regret it,' he said, cheerfully. Victor nibbled a bit of onion. "'That was safe enough.' "'What's all this?' he said, jerking a thumb in the direction of "Scene, "'Some sort of entertainment,' said River. "'Hots of oh, genius, they're lovely!' he lowered his voice again to the normal, conspiratorial haste. "'All the rage in the other cities, eh?' he added. "'Some sort of movie pictures.' they want, They've been trying to get it right for, before coming to Akamopek, Pick, Polk. They watched, Field for vision. A couple of shades fumbled, technically with a box on the tripod. White lights suddenly peered in a circle of wrists on the front of it. Illuminated screen. There was a half-hearted cheer from the crowd.